Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of Parent Q Live. My name's Carlos Whitaker, and today's episode, okay, I'm gonna be listening to this maybe three or four times. Maybe my mom should have listened to this 30 or 40 times because yes, today we're gonna be talking about strong-willed children. Um, but before we get to that, my name's Carlos. Like I said, just Carlos. And you know, a lot of times as I run into you guys across the country um, and I meet you guys, you guys want to, um, some of you has, have studied my full name and how to say it correctly. And so I'm going to give you just just for just for a moment, um, just for a little bit of fun, uh, because I've had at least seven of you guys come up to me and try to say my name correctly. I'm going to just give you a little class and this is how you do it. My full name is Carlos Enrique Whitaker Guzman Archibolcabello. Now, if you say that, you know, like a, a Southern, whatever, it's going to be Carlos Whitaker, Car, excuse me, Carlos Enrique Whitaker Guzman Archibald Cabello. Spice those things up with a little bit of an accent. And you've got Carlos Enrique Whitaker Guzman Archibald Cabello. If, here's the deal. The first one of you guys that finds me um, as I'm out on the road, whether it be at Orange Tour or Orange Conference or at a church, and you come up to me, and you say my name correctly. If you do that, I'm going to hand you a free copy of my book. Boom. Just like that. What? And it doesn't even have to be my book. If I've got one of Reggie Joyner's books in my hands, I'll give you a free copy of his book. That is my challenge that I'm placing upon the Parent Q Nation today. Okay. Back on track. Today, we're going to be talking with Sarah Bragg. And Sarah is a writer and a podcast host. What podcast? Surviving Sarah. Of course, we'll have links to that in our show notes. Um, and today, yes, like I said, raising strong-willed Carloses. And I say that because I was a strong-willed child and I've got one myself. When my daughter, the middle one, the middle child was, let's see, how old was she? Six years old. I walked into my office and somebody, without letting me know who it was, had left the book on my desk and it just said, how to raise a strong-willed child. I still, to this day, don't know who put that book on my desk, but I remember thinking, I don't have a strong-willed child. And then I started thinking, oh no, I do have a strong-willed child. Today's conversation is going to be raising strong-willed kids. And so I know that um, if, you, if, you, if you're a parent and you, you've got one or two kids, um, one of them is going to be stronger-willed than the other. So this doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, you don't have to sit here and think, oh, well, I don't have a kid that challenges me every single day. Listen, they will. If they haven't, I promise they will. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation with Sarah Bragg about raising strong-willed kids. Sarah, it's so fun to be here with you today. I know. This is going to be fun. Just and friends sitting around a table. Yes, friends for a long time. And one of the exciting things for me to get to talk to you about is parenting because we both became parents Right around the same time. <laughs> Our sweet little naive hearts stepping into <laughs> a world of unknown. I was a little less naive, I'm not going to lie, because you were right there in front of me yes. um, preparing me. Right. And I was very honest <laughs> with all my ways of parenting. Preparing me for parenting. And so we were working together at the time, working on a student curriculum, um, all of our ideals about what it was going to look like to yes. become because we knew all the things about um, raising children because we worked with teenagers. Right. I was actually right. a parenting expert back in those days. Right. Right. Yeah. Just because I was a small group leader, you know, or a youth pastor, I was really, really I had watched expert. people parent. Right. I mean, I just, you know, saw people in a restaurant and, you know, man, they, I mean, their kids were so bad. And I was like, if it was my kid. Yeah. Here's it, what you would do. Right. And it would sit there and just eat its vegetables and... <laughs> 
without throwing them. Right. Those people. And so now we're going to talk about parenting on the other side of parenting. And how I don't know anything, actually, (laughs) still to this day. Now, you have two daughters, two wonderful little girls, and tell us how their names and how old they are. Yes. Well, Sinclair is my oldest, and she's nine and in the fourth grade. And Rory is seven, and she's in the second grade. I mean, my mind is blown when you said fourth grade. I can't handle it. Sinclair, I I just remember as this little baby that we got to know. So here we are. on the. You have a fourth grader and... Second. Second grade. Yeah. Um, and your two girls are not the same. Is that right? I know. Not at all. <laughs> it is like night and day, which is so funny. When I remember being pregnant with Rory and I was convinced she was going to be a boy because even the pregnancy was so different. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm sure this is a boy. But it was a girl. And, um, and, and in fact, when we found out it was a girl, <clears throat> Scott laid his hands on my stomach and he's like, Jesus. <laughs> You cannot give us another Sinclair. (laughs) (laughs) So they were very different. Rory came out and, you know, even the way they were born was very different. And Rory came out in a planned C-section and there was music playing and people were laughing. And she came out and she was just like, (laughs) you know, this (laughs) tiny little cat sound. And like, that's who she is. Like, she's just this easygoing now, your yes. first child is not what you would say is easygoing. Right, right. Yeah, she um, she entered the world um, sounding like a pterodactyl, <laughs> so it was very frightening. And um, and I remember, you know, it was this whole, it was an, even like, so even from like the, the day she was born, I remember it was an emergency C-section, mm-hmm. like, because her heart rate was dropping and all these things, and they were so afraid for her. And so they pull her out and the umbilical cord is in her mouth and she's chewing it. So she's literally <laughs> cutting off the very life supply that I was trying to give her. Right. And, and nothing has changed since yeah. then. And she's nine. That sounds yeah. about right. I laugh so much when you give that story because I think that says that Sinclair. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. That's a great picture of who she is. Which is why I thought we would have a fun conversation today about parenting challenging or difficult children, strong-willed children. You can give it whatever name you want to give it. But um, some of us have been blessed with children that um, just tend to put up a little bit more struggle. Yes. I I like that you framed it, that we've been blessed. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's actually biblical. You know, there's, what is it? I think Paul says that about suffering. Yes. (laughs) Like you should be thankful for that suffering. And I'm working on that. People are always like, children are a gift from the Lord. And I'm like, I'm, I'm still not sure. I don't know that that's what I registered for. Right. I don't like (laughs) gifts that are hard. I like gifts that are easy. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Parenting a child that's strong-willed, that has this kind of unique fire to them, um, can just look a little bit different maybe. Right. Oh, man. It is very different. And it's, I mean, how you approach it is very different because you're never, you know, with my youngest who doesn't push all my buttons, who doesn't test every line, who doesn't, you know, argue every point, you know, there's just an ease to it. And it's, you know, easier to enjoy the different phases that she goes in because it's like, oh, that's so cute. And whereas with my older one, I'm like, can you just graduate high school? I know you're two. (laughs) Let's (laughs) Let's move move on. on Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And there's some unique things I think in there because there are moments when they're gonna turn and show love and you know in those moments it's easy to you appreciate it at a whole different level yeah because you know it was chosen specifically by them 
you know, because mm-hmm. they don't do anything that wasn't their idea. Right. Exactly. Um, but what are some say, some things that maybe have surprised you or caught you off guard about parenting specifically some a child that has that much of a strong will? I think it surprised me at how um, unequipped I would naturally be. Mm. Like, I just think that um, I, I'm the kind of person I put my mind to something. I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when, in, with work, with anything, I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I'm going to, f- I figured it out, or I had someone help me, whatever, but I did it. And, I, and I tr- I've always, like, tried to do things well and tried to succeed and try to achieve and do all these great performance. And, man, I don't do any of that with parenting this kind of kid. Yeah. You know, like, I'm, I fail way more than I succeed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, surprised me at... Um, you know, how angry I was mm-hmm. like, and I think some of that anger was a yes directed towards her, but also angry at myself that I can't figure this out. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't I solve this problem? Why can't I help her move past this the way the books say that it's going to be. Um, right. And so it's just surprised me a lot about myself that I'm just not quite as capable as I just imagined. Yeah. I would be. I know in our world, sometimes when it comes to this child, they don't come with a label on them that says, <laughs> okay, here's the thing. My personality is strong-willed, mm-hmm. and so this is how it's going to go down. You're kind of figuring it out all along the way, and there's moments when sometimes you think, okay, maybe we're going to you know, have the, the magic bullet moment, and we're going to change your personality, and all of a sudden, now you're going to be compliant. Right. <laughs> now you're just going to want to follow directions. Yes. If only it was that easy. Because even if you start to fi- figure out their temperament or their you know the way they're loved and those things help but it still is every kid is different mm-hmm. and you know I remember um I'm all about like personality tests and yes. figuring things out and so I'm a little bit obsessed with the Enneagram right now and I had a conversation with with someone uh, about the Enneagram she's kind of an ex- teaching expert master teacher of this and and I was talking to her about Sinclair and I said, and we were saying, I said, I think she's a four. And so a four on the Enneagram is, um, I think they call it an individualist. And it's the kind of person that, you know, they, they kind of feel like there's this, they know they're unique, mm-hmm. but they, but the, but they think no one sees it. Mm-hmm. And so it's this like kind of depressing. I, I remember looking at it going, oh, this, this hurts my heart that she's like, and she's like, yeah, parenting a four is really hard. It's probably the hardest one to parent. And I was like, oh, I know it's so hard. And I'm wanting yes. to cry because you're just going, ah, oh, like, even if I'm starting to gain some little bits of wisdom about who she is, it's still, I mean, parenting is just, it's just hard. There is no great, like, one right. way. There's not something I'm just going to memorize and be able to do it. It's not, you know, in fact, like, I've taken those strength finder tests. Mm-hmm parenting isn't in there. All the, <laughs> like I would have quit this job a long time ago yeah. based yeah. on parenting a hard kid. Oh, it's, look, just it's not, not on my resume. It's sorry. not in my, my job experience. Do you have a different position? Cause I think, I think I could do that better, That's you know? Good. So, yeah. And with, I think this particular kind of kid too, I think in all of parenting, I find that comparison is hard. Yes. We all compare ourselves to other parents. We look at somebody else's kid and we think, you know, should my kid be, you know, throwing a ball. I remember my son, you know, he's not the most coordinated <laughs> child. And when you have a son, especially, you know, there's just a thing about sports. Right. And so he would be three or four. And I'd be looking at these other boys who were throwing like a spiral football. And I'm thinking, um, I'm not sure that he can like throw with one hand at all. Right. Like, 
well, he's still too, let alone a spiral two handed right. and like, I'm not sure it's going to go very far. So, um, comparison, I think is just a thing, but especially when it comes to a child that maybe has a little defiant edge to them or mm-hmm. a little bit more strong will. Um, what does that tend to look like? Well, you know, I think that, I think a lot of us tend to, um, struggle with, we gain our identity from how our kids behave. Mm. So, because up until that point, your identity has pretty much been based on how you behave. Mm-hmm. And so I can control that. I can do that well. And I can think everybody, oh, Sarah's so great. Like she never messes up. She never does anything wrong. Um, and then you have this human come along that you can't control. Mm-hmm. And I can't make her do these things. And she's going to have a fit on the town square. And I'm going to have to drag her by her arm to the car. <laughs> and she's kicking and screaming and yes. carrying on. And, um, and so... It's easy for me to think I am a horrible parent and I am a horrible, like this is my identity. I can't do this. I'm a failure, all these things. And so then I look at these other moms and I'm going, well, her kid doesn't throw herself Mm -hmm. on the floor in public and have to drag her on the sidewalk. So she's a better parent. Right. She has a good identity. She's, you know, worthy. She's enough. She's all these things and I am not. And so I think comparison really is just, it's a, it's a thief that just can rob the joy out of parenting because you look and you go, well, this is not fun. And then I'm not good at this. And one thing that has helped me not only is to stop comparing um, which is hard, uh, you know, I'm definitely not, not there, um, is to notice the good in mm-hmm. her. Like she is someone who will know everyone mm-hmm. and she doesn't meet a stranger and she's going to remember people's names. Like every, I mean, since she was probably four, every drive through we go through, roll down my window <laughs> and she speaks to the person. In, oh my goodness. And not just like a hi, like it's like, I'm going to have a full conversation. Like, what's your name? Are you married? Do they work? I'm Sinclair. I just came from this and we did all this. Like it's, and I'm like, um, there's like a line behind us. We got to, <laughs> and that's a great quality it's that she noticed. Quality. Like she, she's a noticer of people. And, and so I, it helps me to notice the good, you know, it helps me to look back and remember like for her ninth birthday, we, um, we, went back and looked at all these videos and all these pictures of her. And, and the interesting thing is as traumatic and horrible as that birth experience was, she saw the video for the first time of uh, me meeting her for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I was like sobbing in the, in the video, I was just crying. And, and she, I looked over and she was just crying and, um, and it was like, and and she came over and she hugged me and I said, like, are those, happy tears and she's like I, I don't know what I'm feeling mm. and but I, th- I looking at it I think it was it was like clicked in her mind like my mom really does love me wow and it helped me to look back at those even like it helped her to look back but it helped me to go oh man she is this sweet kid she yes. is this like there were moments of like fun and there were moments of like um, just sweet and kind and cute because I can just live in the like awful. Mm-hmm. I notice all the bad things and I comment on all the bad things because a hard kid, you generally are commenting on all of that because you're trying to like align them, push them mm-hmm. back, do this, don't do that, like get them back to where you're corralling. And so if 
I find that she hears a lot of no, she hears a lot of negative. And so if I can just notice the good and help say yes sometimes rather than no all the time and look back and remember um, who she is, Mm -hmm. it has helped me to survive where I am right now with raising that hard kid. I think that's amazing. And I think um, noticing the good and reminding yourself about that good and also becoming an advocate for that kid um, with other people to say, you know, okay, my kid may not um, look like the other kids or be behaving like the other kids or might have a little bit of defiant behavior, but there's also, I'm training myself to see this Mm -hmm. good and I want other people to see this as well. You know, I heard someone say once that strong-willed kids carry the most shame. Mm. And that, when I heard that, it broke my heart. Wow. Because she does. And she she's used the word shame before, like years ago. And I'm like, where did you even hear that word? Mm. Like, I'm so ashamed. I'm the worst kid in the world. Wow. And she's saying it. And I'm thinking, I don't, I'm not saying these things to you. And so it's, it's helping her notice the good in her. So I've tried to retrain her brain. So when she's angry at herself and we're, you know, I, I'll say, be kind to yourself. Like, That's great. it's okay. We all mess up. We all do this or be kind to yourself. God made you emotional. Mm -hmm. And yes, we got to figure out how to rein that in. (laughs) And we can't always operate on a 10, you know, sometimes that requires a three of, (laughs) you know, emotion. Um, But be kind to yourself. You'll figure it out. We'll get, you know, and the beautiful thing about that of trying to retrain the way she thinks of herself, because she knows she's hard. Right. She knows it. Um, is I've caught her saying that to me, like the moment that I feel like I failed and I messed up and I'm like, Oh, I did, I should have like, you know, and it's something, it's not even about parenting. It could be about work or it could be about cooking, whatever it was that I felt like I just didn't. And she's like, be kind to yourself. That's and like, so good. It's, it's good. It's just retraining the way that she's going to think about herself. And the more I tell her to be kind to herself, the better it's, it's retraining my own mind. I love that. And you talk about the moment where you knew that she felt loved by you as Mm -hmm. well and just the power of that experience when you're in a struggle with a kid where maybe behavior is a big issue and um, stubbornness is an issue or whatever Mm -hmm. that struggle itself perpetuates that maybe sense of shame but it's also um, maybe working against you communicating your Mm -hmm. love for your kid so how do you let Sinclair know Mm -hmm. that you love her on a regular basis I mean what are some of the secrets to do in that you know, it, it definitely looks different. Like Rory, I can sit down on the sofa and just like snuggle her and mm-hmm. I can kiss her and she just eats it up. And Sinclair is just not like, I can say I love you and she's like out the door. She's not like, it's not like sitting on her. She's mm-hmm. not like taking that in. And so I do think learning how to read your kid on how they're loved. So like for Sinclair, sitting with her, doing something that she loves to do, Mm-hmm. shows her I love her mm. so and unfortunately all the things that she loves to do are things that I'm like oh please don't <laughs> please don't make me pretend play like right. you know like she's written a play yesterday she wrote a play and she's like okay so you're gonna draw a name to see what you know part you're gonna play and I'm like oh, do not want to play a part like I've got work to do like I've got you know things you know things yes. to work on I don't have time to like be the teacher in the play you know right but that's how she feels loved, you know, or she feels loved when, you know, just jumping on the trampoline with her mm-hmm. and, you know, for, you know, jumping for 10 minutes. I'm, I'm like, good grief. I'm <laughs> really out of shape. But it's like this, like sense of like, just 
entering it, it's usually something active and it's usually some kind of pretend play, the way that she is going to feel mm-hmm. loved. And I guess that comes down to that's she's, you know, time, quality right. time. And yeah. I don't, and I don't get loved by quality time. So it's, you know, it's learning how to like push past who you are. Yeah. And I'm not a strong-willed kid. I, although I feel like I'm a little bit strong-willed as an adult, which is strange, but I wasn't that way as a kid. And so it's learning, oh, this is hard. Just figuring out how to love someone who's very different. I think it's fun that you mentioned the physicality of the way that she wants to be loved. Mm-hmm. That resonates um, in our own journey of parenting as well. Um, so often I would hear mothers of sons and with boys, maybe it's accepted or anticipated that a boy will want to like rough and tumble and yeah. um, have all of that in their expression of love. And yet I know some strong-willed girls where that's definitely that more is, their yeah. love language. I'll read books of parenting books and, um, you know, I know friend of you know your show the you know David Thomas and Sissy yes. Goff they have books where they really talk about this is how girls feel this way or want and this and I'm like I resonate more with like how the boys because she is just you know there's just a lot but yet she has all the emotion of the girls right. so we've got it get all both, best of both worlds. the best of us were both worlds <laughs> all the rough and tumble with the emotions exactly on top. so yes. I, I often feel like it's like I'm, I'm in whiplash like emotional <laughs> parenting whiplash. (laughs) So when you're in an emotional whiplash as a mom, what are some of the secrets that you've discovered just to keeping your own sanity? Yeah. I think it is easy when you're a mom to just forget about yourself. Mm. And so you, cause you literally have like, you can't ever cross the task off of parenting off Mm. a list. Like you've completed it today. So you're always on, you're always on. And even at night, you can still be on at two o'clock in the morning when someone is screaming for you. So there's just never, it's just really hard to disconnect and, and stop parenting. So I feel like for me, it's learning that I need space. Mm-hmm. So I, my personality, everything, I'm a better person if I don't see you for sure before 6.30, but ideally before <laughs> 7. And so it's it's like I need that time. Like for me, right. it's going, the thing that, I, one of the things that, I, that feeds my soul is having a cup of coffee in quiet. Mm. And so identifying those and figuring out how that's going to happen. Right. Like how can I make that happen? Is it that, you know, I need to get up X amount earlier? Or is it that, you know, now that she's old enough, I can, you know, she can take care of herself of like, get your own cereal and I'm going to take my coffee and I'm going to go to this back room. Like something about that, like finding whatever feeds your soul has like been good for me. Like there's times where I'm about to, you know, throw her out of a window. And so I think rather than doing that, I'll go for a walk. Yeah. You know, I think that's a, a better choice. So I'll go for a walk and just walk it out. And so finding those little things that just, you know, feed your soul. Almost like a marriage when you're trying to get to, a healthy marriage, one of the most yeah. important things that you need to do is figure out how to be a healthy person yep. um, and fight for the health of yourself and just becoming who you are, identifying who you are, because the more you can do that, you'll be better in a relationship. Yes. The same is probably true for our parenting relationship. Right. For sure. And I think, you know, another, another part of that is remembering who you are. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it's easy to forget who you are in parenting. And so there's things about who I am that bring life. So, you know, I love, um, 
you know, being outside or I love, you know, if it's walking, you know, or I love, you know, doing my own creative work. And so how can I make those things that are uniquely who I am? How can I give it a little bit of a priority and not forget those pieces of my life just because I have kids? Because I find that when I'm feeling really it goes both ways. If I'm feeling really down in one area, I tend to feel down on everything. But if I'm feeling good about something, mm-hmm. I tend to feel good about everything yeah. else. And so if I'm feeding that part of me that is unique, whether um, you know that's podcasting or writing or um, engaging with like friends, like having time away with just friends, um, going on date nights, I love, you know, it's like if I'm doing those things mm-hmm. consistently, I find that I'm enjoying the hard parts of parenting a little easier. Um, so I, I've found just as a mom myself that mom guilt is real. Oh yeah. That there's just this thing. I don't know what it is about us that tends to feel guilty about what we feel like we should be doing that we're not doing. Um, or if we go, like you're saying, you know, you go spend some time away with friends for a minute or you go out on a walk. There's just that voice in the back of your head that goes, yeah, why aren't you at home preparing a home cooked meal for your family? Right. You know, why aren't you right now sitting down and you know reading your child a novel or right. playing the part of the teacher in mm-hmm. her play? Um, there's just that thing that's hard to get rid of. So what do you do to help shake that? Oh, well, I think first it comes full circle back to, I, I can't compare because mm-hmm. it's true. It's, and, and I know we've talked about this, uh, this before, but this idea of um, we think that every moment with our kids has to be, all in, mm-hmm. all intentional. And sometimes it, the reality is the the t- time investment that you make over time. Mm-hmm. So the collective amount that you put in is where it matters. And so even if, you know, because I've, I've known people who are like, well, I won't even like, you know, do certain chores or go to the grocery store or something when I have my kids so that I can just be all oh, in. Oh, wow. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I would never, like, those are like saving graces. Like, yeah. can we just like be doing something, you know, can I organize your Legos while we play? Is that okay? (laughs) Um, and so the comparison of like, well, these people do it this way and that, you know, so I feel like if I can retrain the voice in my head Mm -hmm. that helps with the mom guilt. So not listening to the comparison talk. And then Mm -hmm. for me, it's just putting that truth back into my mind, like Mm -hmm. having those moments that like, yes, you are failing. (laughs) It's true. Like, let's just not deny it. It's true. But isn't that like, isn't that what grace is all about? Like we wouldn't need Jesus Mm -hmm. if I was perfect. Right. And, and so I have to say, okay, it's okay. Like that you're not making it, you know, if you're, especially if you're a working mom and you've, you know, then your time is even smaller and you're pulled in a thousand directions and all these things. And it's like doing the best you can. Sure. And and this is who you are and who you are is enough for Mm -hmm. this child, even though I don't feel like I'm ever enough for this child, but it's retraining. It really is retraining the voice in my head to not answer to the guilt and the shame that can come from that, but to, to respond in a place that of worthiness and that you are enough for, for the task before you. Mm -hmm. So if you were talking right now to a parent that was coming to you any age kid, but they're in the middle of the battle, uh, whether it's, you know, they have a toddler and they just are dealing with tantrum after tantrum after tantrum, um, or they have an elementary age kid and the defiance 
you know, has become more sophisticated, the words have become stronger, yeah. or they've got a teenager maybe who's out making decisions and have and a pattern of behaviors that they can't seem to break and it's just yeah. become hostile in the home. Yeah. What would you say um, to that parent is one thing that they could just remember or hold on to or do this week yeah. in their home? Well, I would first say you're not alone. Like just right there. Like you are not the only one mm-hmm. with a hard kid mm-hmm. and know that because I think if I think the two most powerful words in the English language are me too. Mm-hmm. So if they can hear someone else just go me too, like you're okay. It's right. not, you know, like it's, it's going to be okay. And then I think it's, um, I, I would just say like for number one, the first thing that came to my mind when you said that was like, you need to find a tribe. Mm-hmm. Like you need somebody or some somebodies that, you're okay to be vulnerable with that you're okay to be the real you and to go to and go help. Mm-hmm. Like this is what's happening. Even if the help just comes in the form of prayer, mm-hmm. like just knowing that someone else gets it and someone else is going to pray for you. Like I have several friends who have strong kids, hard kids. And every now and then I'll just get a text. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like an SOS yes. and they don't live near me. It's not, right. you know, and it's just that they know a, someone understands and be they're going to pray for me. Mm-hmm. And and so that's what I would say. I would start by if you if you don't have someone, find someone. Right. Like find someone that can just help you have some perspective, help you to know that you're not going to drown. Right. Like you will like and it, 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 we always joke, we, you know, when Sinclair was 1, I remember her being 18 months old and I thought, "Man, I can't wait till she's 4 because I bet it's going to be better <laughs> when she's 4." And then she got to be four and I was like, oh, okay, well maybe when she's six, like she's in school, like, you know, and then it was like, I think it's nine. I think it's nine. And so here I am at nine and I'm like, I think it's eight, 18, like when she goes to college, but it is no matter how long the phase is, even if they're supposed to just be like a one year phase. Yeah. Like my, my youngest is very developmentally on par. So if you do, she's just by the book, but my oldest, I'm like, even if my worst nightmare and she's it's an 18 year long phase of hard right it's still just a phase yeah and and we will get past this and we will have all these years on the next side and so to keep just to keep loving keep noticing the good you know one powerful thing is gratitude Mm -hmm. find three things that you're thankful for about that kid even That's if you're not great. saying it to that kid, you need to say it to yourself. That's great. Um, and so that those are just practical in the moment things that have helped me like to find someone who understands, you know, remembering that this will end at some point <laughs> and to be grateful. And, um, and for me, it's, it's a process of, I can't change my daughter, but I can work on my own heart. Mm-hmm. And so the constant prayer of my heart, for the last year has been give me a desire for my daughter. Wow. Because most days is hard. And most days I think, Oh, I don't even know if I like you. Mm-hmm. Like I would take a knife for you hundred <laughs> percent, but I don't know if I like you. Yeah. Um, and I don't say that to her. Yeah. So no one give me any you know, grief on that. Yeah. <laughs> I keep that to my sweet self. Um, but it is that it, it, you have to just like go, okay, like give me a desire for her. Help me to delight in her mm-hmm. because I, I feel like if she's going to feel delighted in, it's going to one day over time make a big difference in who she is. So 
changing my the voice in my own head. Absolutely. I love that so much. I think all of us can be encouraged to do that, whether you're in the middle of a struggle or not, but mm-hmm. especially if you're in the middle of a struggle, writing down one thing that you see that's good about your kid. Yeah. One thing that you're excited about, about your kid that you delight in, especially in the midst of when you're overcome with the hard and the challenge yes. is so powerful. So thank you so much for joining us and for this conversation. Thank you. A little mini counseling session for myself, just to remind <laughs> myself of all the things. <laughs> okay, guys. Th- I mean, talk about a lot of meat. Let's get straight to the cue. Rem- here's the cue. You got to remember that you're not alone. If you remember that first part, okay, that's going to give you a little bit of breath. Secondly, we want you to find your tribe, the people that you can ask for help and you can be vulnerable with. You've got to be vulnerable because parenting is a lonely, lonely thing. And then this is what I want you to do because this is so difficult, especially in those in those really hairy, uh, scary times where you're like, oh my gosh, are they going to absolutely destroy my mind? I want you and we want you to write down something you see that's good about your kids. And one thing that you delight in and hold on to those things in the hard times. That, my friends, is your parent cue for the week. We're going to have a recap of this episode, including links where you can connect with Sarah online and listen to her podcast, Surviving Sarah, in the show notes. Head over to theparentq.org. You can listen to the podcast there as well as you can find the show notes as well. As always, thank you guys so much for listening to Parent Q Live. If this podcast has helped you in any way, shape, or form, please, 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 we'd love if you would share this podcast, let other parents know what we're doing. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. Five stars, please. That would be awesome. Carlos Whitaker here saying thank you guys for spending some time with us and we'll see you guys soon. Mm -hmm.